Hello, Hello everyone. everyone. Welcome to the Goose Podcast, where we share stories from the University of Essex Library. So grab a warm beverage, get yourself comfortable, and enjoy this week's episode. Hi everyone, thank you for joining us for today's episode. We hope you've all had a wonderful bank holiday weekend. I'm Kian. I'm Clarissa. I'm Kes. And I'm Joe. Uh, so today we're going to start by highlighting training and conferences that are coming up in April. Um, after that, we've got our first special guests from the user engagement team. And we'll be discussing some of the amusing things that have happened in the library before lockdown. Uh, just a warning, uh, we will be discussing the uh, leaky floor situation on floor five. So yes, you may Leaky ceiling, wasn't yeah. it? Oh yeah, sorry. Well, <laughs> leaky ceiling equals leaky floor, I guess. You may want to grab a stress ball um, <laughs> if it's a bit too much for you. This is our second episode of the podcast. We are quite amazed that we haven't been shut down. <laughs> I think we're <laughs> all actually had positive feedback. Not yes. only have we not been shut down. It was a slight concern for all of us, I feel like, that uh, the first episode would come out and someone would tell us that this was a horrible idea and that we should stop <laughs> immediately. But it seems like we've mostly gotten away with it. There's still time, though. That's yeah. True. Um, <laughs> should we move on to the next segment now, I suppose? Yeah, so um, we're going to talk about what's on in April. Obviously, we've got Journal Club coming up. Journal Club is going to be on Thursday, the 15th of April um, from 1 to 1.45. We're talking about an essay from Project Information Literacy um, titled Lizard People in the Library. Should be quite interesting. Yeah. If you haven't read it, Kian, give it a read. Come along to Journal Club. We'll talk all about it. I know you're intrigued. (laughs) Come along. Okay. We've also got the sustainable coffee catch-up. So I don't know if any of you guys came along to our one this month. Um, I know I was there. Joe, you were there as well? Yeah. Um, and it was great. I missed that one. You'll be pleased to know then. Food tip. It was all about food tips. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of what the tips were. No, neither can I. Apart from <laughs> <laughs> They're really great tips then. Things <laughs> <laughs> like, like using your leftovers, making sure you're only buying the amount that you need, all of that sort of good stuff. But the next one is actually on Tuesday the 27th of April um, from 11 to 11.30 and we'll be talking about conscious shopping and sustainable fashion. That's quite a hot topic I think at the oh, moment. Yeah. Please do come along if you have any tips about sustainable fashion or you want to learn more about it from your colleagues, have that sort of discussion and it'd be great to have you come along, get involved, just have a nice chat, cup of tea, cup of coffee, whatever you fancy um, and have a little talk. Also the All Staff webinar is going to be on Friday the 30th of April um, this month from 10 to 11. So that's one for us to all get together, hear a bit from the leadership team, etc. Um, the other thing to sort of talk about, I guess, the types of events that come up in April are conferences. So we're sort of working our way into what would normally be conference season. We'd all be getting on trains, staying in hotels, having a great time. Not this month. We're Wipe away the tears. <laughs> yeah. Um, lots of online events to attend, though. So... There are a few different CPD25 events um, that are happening. So if you guys don't know that are listening, CPD25 is the staff uh, development and training programme of the M25 Consortium of Academic Libraries, and which we are a part of. So they run lots of events throughout the year. So if you aren't aware of them and what they offer, then it's always worth checking out their website and seeing if there's anything running that you are interested in that you can talk to your line manager about. But we've got a couple of colleagues um, attending a session on library marketing. I think, Clarissa, you're attending that one? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's also a deafness awareness training session that I think a colleague is also going to be attending. So lots of varied stuff. And there are also some annual conferences coming up. So you've got UKSG, which is an annual conference run every year. It will be online this year, but that runs over a couple of days in April. And we've got a few colleagues attending that one. 
Um, it's a major event in scholarly communication. So there are conversations about open access publishing, transitional deals, uh, impact factors, all of the sorts of things that are up and coming in that particular area. And um, so that will be interesting for those attending. And hopefully there'll be some notes that can be shared around for anyone that is interested. It's a good um, time to highlight the folder on Box where we save all of our notes from training and conferences like that. So now I'm going to have to remember where it is. is Walk yourself up. straight into that one for a so it's, it's in your library, your learning and development, training and conferences. So we save all of the notes um, there for anyone that's interested in having a look. Yeah, so you'll find lots of notes from previous conferences in there, um, as well as, you know, more recent ones as as people attend them, hopefully putting their notes in there for everyone to benefit from. Final conference to point out um, is TALIS Insight Webinars 2021. So um, this is normally TALIS Insight Europe, but they've moved it online this year um, into a webinar format. So... Talis is the company that provide our readiness service, Talis Aspire, and they run an annual conference every year. The theme this year is keeping up with the evolving role of the library. Um, and there's lots of different sessions um, on teaching and learning, obviously readiness services, online content, all kinds of different things. And actually this year, because they are doing webinars and it is online, it's actually free to attend. So if anyone is interested in attending, it's definitely worth having a look at the sessions that they are running. Um, it's going to be over a few different days. They're sort of doing half days um, and lots of different sessions throughout them. So it's worth having a look on their um, programme, seeing if there's anything interesting to you or relevant to you and speaking to your line manager if you're interested in attending any session. It's a really good opportunity um, since it is free this year. I've heard good things about the open access mystery. That's oh, happy. Offered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, do you want to tell them about that? Yeah, so it was created last year by Kat and Hannah from our scholarly comms and research support team here in the library. And it's um, an online role-playing mystery game all to do with open access as a way of kind of teaching about what open access is and why it would be valuable to researchers and anyone publishing their work. And you can find all the content and how to play freely available on Figshare, where Kat has shared all of the documents and directions. And Hannah, Kez and I will be facilitating the session at the TALIS conference. So it'll be a good way to promote it to colleagues from other institutions and give them a chance to have a go. Yeah, it's, it's a good session. Obviously, you guys can sign up for it. But if there is a lot of interest from library staff, I'm sure that we could run an event separately for people as well. Great stuff. Thanks, Kez. We'll move on to our next segment um, where we'll introduce uh, some members of the user engagement team. We are joined by our first ever special guests on the Goose podcast. We have Elena, Clive and Harriet, who are all library assistants here in Colchester. And we're also joined by Emily and Beth, who are senior library assistants at our Southend and Loughton campus libraries, respectively. Each of you all started working for the library within the past year. So first, we want to just say welcome to the team. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's great to meet you all. So why don't you introduce yourselves and we can go in the order that you first started. I'm Elena. I work in the user engagement team. I started at the university um, right at the end of March 2020, <laughs> which um, as we all know wasn't a great time to start. <laughs> a little chaotic back then I think. It sort of feels yeah. like a lifetime ago now as well. Yeah. A year ago which is crazy. Oh, yeah. I found it okay, obviously very weird. Everything kept changing a lot. Everyone was I don't think nice. anyone felt like an expert. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> which was good. So there was, there was pluses to all the madness. Well, welcome. I don't know who would have been next. I think it was Clive was next to start. 
So it's me next then. I started in December working from home, but then didn't come on campus until uh, January. So uh, fairly new. Again, frontline services, library assistant. And yeah, never been to Essex University before. I've loped around lots of universities in the past, but my first time far out uh, east. Uh, so yeah, my first day here was an exciting one of driving underneath the university buildings and getting completely lost. <laughs> That is a fun fact about um, yes. our campus, isn't it? That they sort of built everything on stilts almost. Uh-huh. Yeah, I found that very confusing as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, do, I suspect you will not be the last person to do that either. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I think that's a very regular experience for a lot of people who I, aren't I, too familiar with the uni. I, I got lots of funny looks from sort of estate staff going, what does he think he's doing? And I was thinking, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Students <laughs> never go down there either. It's like a whole underworld that half the people here don't know about. Harriet, do you start next? I started in January. So like Clive, I started working from home for a couple of weeks and then came into the office. Um, Starting, I was really nervous (laughs) to come into the office because I hadn't really left my house for a long time, (laughs) considering everything that was going on. So I was like, what is it going to be like? What's going to happen? But it was so nice. Everyone was so welcoming. I was so scared that I was going to get lost. And Amanda came to meet me. And then I realized that it was literally just down the hill from the car park. And I was like, okay, sorry about that. (laughs) It was really helpful um, to get that introduction. And yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far. I feel um, nice and settled in, which is good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't thought about that before, but after being trapped at home to then start a brand new job, that would be really... Intense. I hadn't spoken to anyone but my family in way too long. I'm going to be enough of a mess going back. I just realized the other day that I don't remember the staff room door code. I didn't either. When I went back into the office, I I went back there recently. I had to ask uh, what the code was to the staff room door because I could not remember. I did exactly the same thing when I first came back onto campus and I couldn't remember it and I just had a go at it and somehow, yeah, it was (laughs) somewhere and I just managed to do it. Beth or Emily, you guys both started around the same time, didn't you? Yeah, I think I started the 25th of January. Were you a bit after that, Beth? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, So, hi, I'm Emily and I work at Library Services Southend Campus with Natalie. And uh, before this, I actually just finished doing my postgrad at East 15. So, well, I had a year, then there was lockdown and then uh, here now. So I've kind of had experience of both campuses yeah. on both sides and that in fact the reason I went for this job is because I, I worked at the Loughton Library as a student helper okay in the evenings so uh, kind of worked where Beth is now for about a year which I really loved I absolutely I loved that job so much <laughs> it was really great that's good you kind of have been to different campuses and stuff because I know I was at the library for quite a while before I had a chance to visit East 15 I haven't visited the South End library but yeah I've not visited either of them yeah until you physically have been it's very mysterious and I (laughs) used to do interlibrary loan so we would send books across different campuses but you kind of just send them like where are you going (laughs) so um Beth I'm Beth um part of the youth engagement team as well but on the Loughton campus um I started in sort of middle of February so I've only been here a month or so I actually used to work at the International College on the Colchester campus and we also would sometimes register students at Southend so I've kind of been to all three which is oh, quite nice. nice and I was working from home for a couple of weeks at first but now I'm on campus um, and we've got students in because they're doing practical courses so it's a lot more lively it's nice I think out of the three Loughton sounds as if it's the most activity on its campus yeah definitely yeah you can hear them outside sometimes rehearsing which is quite nice (laughs) (laughs) maybe we could just talk about um, what drew you to libraries in general 
Well, I used to work in public libraries, uh, for public libraries. Um, I think there's just something really great about libraries. Um, they're just the best. Yeah. Public libraries as well. They're so fun. And I, I think it's the variety as well in libraries. You don't really know what you're going to get. And every day is interesting. Did you say Suffolk? Sorry, Suffolk libraries. Yeah, sorry, Suffolk libraries. Nice. Cool. So I think it's me, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> God, dreaded question. Uh, so <laughs> looking at my CV, you can see a natural progression uh, from one completely unrelated thing to the next completely unrelated thing that's um, the best so, CV that's just well-rounded it's, it's not when you're in an interview it's all right for a podcast but it's a nightmare an interview trying to make it sound like you're not um bonkers really so, um I guess uh, I was an optician and then taught optics uh, in London for for a lot of years had a bit of a kind of mental wobble really uh, and so quit and worked at the zoo at Colchester Zoo oh wow so I was in the education department for a few years there um which was just that's as good as it sounds like it was awesome um <laughs> so many tales but uh then finally mild university kind of asked me back really uh and lured me back with cash which uh doesn't incentivize me but it's quite a lot so it, it sort of incentivized <laughs> me to go back. um and then realized what a mistake that was so quit that retrained as a gardener did a bit of work and volunteering at the rhs hyde hall library so there's a, a gardening no. library up at the RHS Garden there. Uh, and then spent the year of lockdown completely out of work, which was frightening. All the jobs at Essex University were internal applicants only for ages. Uh, mm. And then the library job came up here. So jumped at it. And it's been a yeah. good call. Like it's just the right kind of thing for me right now. Like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Harriet, I don't know if you've worked at the zoo. Nothing as exciting as the <laughs> zoo. Um, <laughs> and before here, I worked for the Times newspaper, which was really, really interesting. I got to speak to a lot of very interesting people, but it was very, very high stress. Um, so I ended up leaving that job. Um, I was appealed to the, the library job or it appealed to me rather. Um, it just seemed like a really nice environment to work in um less stress but getting to do the person focused aspects of, of working that I love and I was a well a fairly recent graduate from university so I remember very clearly what it was like to be a student and have assignments to be stressed out and the library is such an important service it's one that I made use of at my time at university so I know how important it is so that did really appeal to me and I heard lovely things about it from my friend Kian. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harriet and I go way back. Yeah. That sounds lovely, though, and it is, I think, a large reason why lots of people do like working, particularly um, on the front line where you get to interact with students. I think that is a large part of the job for a lot of people. So Definitely. I'm sure you speak speak to lots of people's hearts with that. Emily, yes. Before this, I did my um, predating doing my postgrad. I was um, I did a drama degree at university, and then sort of wended my way through sort of various jobs, um, but ended up working um, in mental health services, particularly with students. Um, I worked in with young children and adolescents, and then I sort of moved on and worked with um, university students and sort of mental health mentor. And I really loved doing that. I liked it because it was flexible working as well. So I was able to manage my own time. Um, and But I mainly loved it because it was working on a one-to-one -one level with students were home learning um but sort of had various challenges and difficulties but was you know really determined to get their degree and sort of Im so improve their opportunities and um and just achieve something for themselves a lot of them has sort of very multi multi-complex needs I suppose and issues so it was always a real joy to work with them and to help them to help themselves sort of stay on track and 
and and complete their work and via that that sort of avenue of work started to dry up a bit because um, government legislation changed about sort of qualifications and things that you needed and at that time I was really getting back into my drama again I'd always really enjoyed acting and <laughs> in sort of very typical me style I was like I want to go to drama school where can I go and I looked at the scene and went that's in Essex that's really really nice <laughs> went, went to the campus and went oh my god this is beautiful this is perfect so I applied got my audition through for a couple of months later nailed the audition got my place and I was off doing my postgraduate <laughs> four months later wow so and I would say if anyone ever thought about trying to go to drama school because I, I didn't do it for years because everyone said oh it just it takes so long it takes years to get in you have to go round and round and, and that kind of put me off because I thought you know you kind of get a bit older and you're earning money and you it's kind of harder and harder to stop so the fact that I just didn't think about it I think was the key I was like <laughs> well, I'm gonna have a go at this got my audition pieces went through and just kind of didn't give myself time to start worrying about it too much I think or um kind of what if I just thought oh well let's do this let's have a go and yeah it was brilliant got in and <laughs> but, but actually it, it really did work out well um because then I got this job at the East 15 library to to come full circle with the story um, which I didn't realise you could do. And then during our in library induction, during Freshers Week, um, I met Michaela and she was so lovely. And we were chatting and she told me that for the postgraduate students, they offer, um, at the time anyway, for students to help and get a sort of part-time job working in the evenings, which I did. And I loved that job. I think it was probably one of my favourite jobs ever. The staff were lovely and the students were lovely. So when I saw this job come up and it was part-time, it was really practical um I thought yes I'm gonna go for it yeah <laughs> that was really long-winded so. <laughs> <It's> okay <laughs> that's all right storyteller in me but yeah so and that's why I love and I like giving back I think I love working with students anyway so and the university in particular so in a really nice place to work yeah, yeah. Well, so Beth last but not least <laughs> um so yeah I used to work in public libraries as well for a couple of years I worked for Basildon and Langdon library like within Essex libraries and I really really loved it but I ended up leaving to go traveling which I don't regret but I do did really miss that job so in my previous role I really missed being in that library environment and like Harriet said like everyone's just so lovely and it's just such a nice environment to be in that when I saw this job come up as like, oh, I'll have to go for it just to give it a go so yeah I've just always loved being in libraries I did an English lit degree so it seems natural to be surrounded by books in a way <laughs> and yeah so I'm really happy that I managed to get in here get back into my little natural environment again <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have our activity now with Joe. Two it's, truths and a lie. Yeah, two truths and a lie. You guys are familiar with the format. So over to you, Joe. Yeah, so we're going to play a little game. I'm going to tell you about three different things that have happened in the library. Two of these are true events that have since become library legend, uh, but one of them is made up. And all you have to do is tell me which one is false. Story one. The first one is about a mysterious shoe thief. So often as, as students are studying, they'll take their shoes off and get themselves comfortable and really sort of relax in the space, which is obviously good. Uh, but we had a period where we were regularly getting library users come to us down at the help desk barefoot because their shoes have been stolen out from under their desk, which <laughs> is pretty mad. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we never discovered who the shoe thief was. So they're still at large to this day. So look out for that. But it's nice that people feel relaxed enough to fully sort of make themselves yeah. at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, make themselves at home. Yeah, so that's story one. The second story is about the uh, about the great British weather. Uh, so there's been a lot of rain outside 
and unfortunately quite a lot of it had also got inside uh, into the building and uh, I mean a lot <laughs> on the uh, on the north side of floor five if you if you are familiar enough with the Colchester library a large part of the room was absolutely drenched like flooded I think yeah yeah, yeah. It was like it was like a biblical <laughs> um, <laughs> so all the books on the shelves the floors everything just drenched uh, when we discovered the leak, it was then sort of all hands on deck. Everyone was sort of, it, it was like barely contained chaos. from, from that <laughs> Save save the sacred text moment, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was all hands on deck. Everyone like rushing up and down the floors, like scrubbing everything with paper towels. And then we had to like get all the books out and then and set set them all up down in the special collections room. And we had a uh, we had to sort of commandeer every fan we could lay our hands on and set up these drying stations to air everything out. So that's story two. And a story three is about an accidental imprisonment. So more dramatic. <laughs> wow, that's a very dramatic way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So as, as, as you guys will know, if you've been downstairs to the stores in, in the Colchester Library, uh, we have obviously tons of storage space down there and uh, where we have loads of extra books. You know, the place is packed floor to ceiling with extra books, basically, isn't it? Uh, so you'll also know that we hold lots of PhD theses and these, that these theses are kept in like a big metal cage that's sort of inbuilt into the storage space. Uh, so we had... One member of staff went down there and they will remain, na- remain nameless for their own dignity, was, uh, <laughs> was looking for an item in the cage when the cage door swung shut and locked itself. And so this happened towards the end of the day. And so unfortunately, they were just they, they didn't have their phone on them and they were stuck in there and they had to stay in the cage on their own overnight in the spooky, creepy, weird basement until they were found the next day. <laughs> I think the lights were at least on. I think they're motion activated, so they just had to move (laughs) if they went off. But it's, I mean, it's still not somewhere I'd want to be. No, absolutely not. (laughs) So that, yeah, those are your three stories. So which one of those is the false one? You can ask some follow-up questions if you need to. We've got the shoe thief, the great flood, or the the not-so-great escape. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the shoe thief sounds... (laughs) fantastically believable to me i think lots of people have lots of extraordinary reasons for wanting to steal other people's shoes so i'd be surprised if that one wasn't true but how would you not notice like i'm just thinking about the desks in the library like that i've seen how would you not notice someone crawling under there i know and stealing your shoe unless you're so invested in your assignment wow which obviously everyone is so (laughs) maybe Mm. i do remember working at loughton and seeing students at the walking around without shoes on because they would take their shoes off when they were working but the loughton library is a lot smaller but they would just take their shoes off and then wander around without shoes to go and get books or whatever so if they weren't perhaps at their desk yeah so so there there were i mean it wasn't always that they're at the desk so it's safe they've left their shoes Opportunities, yeah. But, but what were the types that were stolen, Joe? From what I recall, it was um, it was quite a mixed bunch from what from what I recall. But interestingly, it was often I think there were there were many occasions where it was often just one shoe, not both. 
Uh-huh. I think I remember in that correctly. Mm. I think there were there were lots of occasions where it was just the one shoe. That's a good point. Like, they were like interrupted in the act and had to like bail out quickly before. <laughs> Hopefully, not managed to catch this person. That's what I want to know. <laughs> so the person who was trapped, did they not have a phone on them, or did that not? Were they very low down, so it didn't no, so work? They, so they they didn't. Yeah, they didn't have their phone. They rookie mistake. Didn't take the phone into the cage. <laughs> Cage the will fact trap it's called someone. that makes me think this must be a lie. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> terrifying. I <laughs> hope it's not true. With, with a cage. <laughs> According to legend, didn't they try to climb and see if they could work their way out of it? But yeah, but yeah. overnight, did no one notice they were gone? Well, I don't I know. Could've... I guess not. <laughs> we we don't pay close enough attention to our colleagues. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Welfare standards dipped that day. <laughs> this is why the phone was installed in the cage, wasn't it? Mm. So, yeah, yes. so we should say there is a phone in the cage. <laughs> we we so, learned from past mistakes. So, so yeah, if you can't, you can't get stuck in the cage anymore, mm. just for anyone listening who's worried. I, um, I think I don't, I don't want to make a... No, go on, go on. <laughs> But um, I think I think all three are real, but it's like the, the detail. So um, I think the third one, the detail's slightly off. Yeah, I don't think they got stuck overnight. No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the, so we have a consensus building by the looks of it. Sorry, my cat's interrupting me. Oh. <laughs> you guys are a very astute bunch. I think that. Yeah. We'll have so, to find yeah. out now. You have to tell us, Joe. Yeah. So um, there really was a shoe thief terrorizing mm. students and, <laughs> and taking people's shoes that is completely true uh, there was also a huge flood on floor five that nearly washed everything away and there was someone was stuck in the cage that that bit is true but yes Eleanor is right that they did manage to get out I because there is actually if you've ever been down there there's a gap at the top so the cage doesn't run floor to ceiling there's a slight gap at the top so they did manage to sort of scramble up and crawl up (laughs) there is is a phone in there now so (laughs) don't know how they did get out in the end i'm not sure i don't know the full story i heard they they climbed i heard they climbed over the top yeah see this is this is the legend as i said it's a legend over the top but who knows i don't know whether that is entirely true or not but yeah yeah, we'll have to put our investigative journalism skills to to use now and find we'll out send, maybe we'll send Eleanor out she, yeah. she nailed it you, you're a detective <laughs> okay, maybe someone could do a reconstruction Joe you could reenact it <laughs> we could do like a safety video maybe yeah I'll, I'll, I'll we could reenact the crawling out over the top Clarissa you're trying to get us on TikTok yeah Nat, Nat um, has created a TikTok for the library so maybe this is all content we could create for it <laughs> Go viral for this. It's amazing. Yeah, you could you could use a green screen because I think you know health and safety wouldn't allow us to climb over the cage. You know, just p- put a green screen photo behind us. Well, I think you won the activity. And if you guys have any other stories, um, or anyone listening has any stories from their time in the library that they would like to share with us, um, we'd love to hear them. Yes. You can send us send us an email to the goose at essex.ac.uk um, to share any extra stories. I think we should give an honourable mention to the to the bird that got into the student collection and, and pooed on everything. <laughs> I also I also heard that once there was a bat in the student collection, I was told. Bird, it's a plane. <laughs> which excites me and I wish um, that 
there was actually bats living there. I would, I would love that. But I would love that too. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for coming on our podcast. You were all wonderful special guests, and we loved having you. That's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Come back next time. More updates from the goose. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.